Blog Talk Radio. Good evening and welcome to Blog Talk Radio. 646-378-1857. We have Evangelist Janice Taylor. This is every Thursday. She's a deliverance minister. She's based in North Carolina. This is not about live deliverance in that radio. This is about Evangelist Janice Taylor and her ministry. So please stay tuned. We have now Evangelist Janice Taylor for the next one hour and 59 minutes. Sister Taylor, it's a blessing to have you on air. When you're on air, I don't have to follow no scriptures. I can just go on and do something else, and I'm about to do something else for my sermons and that you handle it for tonight. All right. God bless you, sir. Thank you again. Well, yes, praise the Lord, every praise the Lord, everybody. This is your evangelist, Janet Taylor, the evangelist of the hour tonight, coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. We thank God that you are tuned in tonight, and um, you can reach us, because so many times people are looking for us. You can find us on the Internet at www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com, or if you still use snail mail, you can write us at P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. Uh, our phone number here is 336-575-0206, or uh, email is jet245 at msn.com. Um, for those of you who are being blessed by this ministry, feel free to sow a seed. You can PayPal us by using that phone number or that email address, or you can Zell us. If you have Zell, you can zell us. But if God leads you, you want to sow a seed into this ministry, especially if this ministry is blessing you. Now, tonight, uh, I'm going to start with by blowing the shofar. Um, I believe this is a wake-up call to the church, um, the sleeping church. So I'm going to blow the shofar. The Bible says, blow ye the trumpet in Zion and sound the alarm. It is to wake up the mighty men of God. Wake up the sleeping church. It's time for the church to arise and shine and give God the glory. So here we go with the sound of the shofar tonight. Glory be to God in the highest. When you hear the sound of the shofar, you know something is about to happen. Something big is about to happen. Something exciting is about to happen. Jesus Christ, our Savior, is soon to return. And although no man knows the minute nor the hour, there is a clock, a spiritual clock, And we can look at that clock and see that the hour is late and the sun is going down. So those of you that have your Bibles, tune in with me tonight. I want to talk to you about a very important topic. It's called the word of power. Now, some would say, well, why isn't it the power of the word? I'm going to talk about it from a different perspective. It's the word of power, 
but it is, it's going to reveal to you the power of the word. So our scripture tonight comes from John chapter 15, verses 4 through 7. And this is what it says. Hallelujah. It says, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine, no more can ye, except ye abide in the vine. I am, except ye abide in me, I'm sorry. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in the word, he if a man abide not in me, I'm sorry, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men gather them and cast them into the fire and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Tonight's topic, as I said, is the word of power, because the word of God is full of power. Let's get started. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness of the devil in Matthew chapter 4, he said to Satan, it is written. He fought Satan and won with the word of God. He knew the word because he is the word. Jesus is the word made flesh that dwelt among us. So we're going to look at John, John chapter 1, Verses 1 through 5. So let's look at that because uh, I'm not making this stuff up. I want you to know this is the word of power. Glory be to God. So John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then we'll jump down to verse 10 through 14. And this is what Jesus um, said concerning himself. He said, in the beginning, John wrote this about Jesus, but this is what, this is the revelation that John got. He says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Now, we remember in the beginning, if we go back to Genesis, Genesis chapter 1 is where we find uh, the beginning of creation. So let's look at that, because I want to go through the scriptures very carefully tonight. It says, in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, when we get to verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. So in verse 3, in the beginning, God spoke. And when God spoke, 
whatever he said came into being. So we're talking about the word of power. So we're going back to John 1 and 1. It says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with, and the word was God. So who was with God? We already know the scripture says the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God, moved upon the face of the waters. But Jesus was also there. Glory be to God, because he is the word. Now, I want to clarify this for you so that you will know I'm not making this up. So we're going to go to, um, we're going to go to First uh, John. Let's go to First John. Hallelujah. Because the Bible tells us that the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Hallelujah. No, we're going to stay here in John for a minute. We're going to stay right here in John. So let's continue. And the word was with God, and the word was God. So let's stay right here for a minute. Now, the same was in the beginning with God. That was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So we look back at Genesis, we see where God spoke the word and everything that he spoke came to pass. Verse 3 said, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And then if we continue, verse 6 says, and God said, let there be a firmament, a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters. And so the firmament came into being. Verse 9, this is the third day, and God said, let the waters under the heaven be gathered together in one place, and let the dry land appear. And the scripture says, and it was so. So everything came into being. Everything was created by the word of power. God spoke these things. In verse 11, he said, let the earth bring forth grass. And it was so. On the fourth day, God said, let there be light. And it was so. Glory be to God. So everything. On the fifth day, God said, let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creature that have life and found, and the scripture says that was so. Everything was brought into creation. Everything was brought into creation by the word of power. On the sixth day, God said, let us make. So everything else was created by the word of power. But on the sixth day, God said, let us make man in our image and likeness. So we back in John chapter 1, it says, all things were made by him, and without him was not 
anything made that was made. So everything was made by the word of power. God spoke it, and it came into being. It was the creative word of power. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Then we go on and we jump down to verse, uh, we jump down to verse number 10. And verse number 10 says, he was in the world and the world was made by him. Talking about Jesus. And the world knew him not. He came unto his own and his own received him not. Well, we know that Jesus was rejected by his own people, all right? But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of me, of God, even to them that believe on his name. So, again, everything coming to pass or coming into existence by the word of power, which were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of God, of man, but of God. Here we go, verse 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. So in the beginning, we have the word. The word is speaking. It is speaking, and everything the word speaks comes into existence. But now here in verse 14 in John chapter 1 tells us of Christ, and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Well, we know that Jesus was born of a virgin. Hallelujah. And he was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So John is telling us basically what transpired over in Genesis, how it all came to be. Glory be to God. So the word was here in the beginning. The word was created, the world was created by the power of the word. So we're talking about the word of power because it is important that believers would get their mouth lined up with the word of God and begin to speak the word of God. The Bible says, Speak those things that be not as though they were. Glory be to God. Speak into existence your desired outcome. Now, I will tell you this, that it is conditional, because John went on to tell us in chapter 15, he says, if you abide in me and my words, now this is Jesus speaking. Hallelujah. It's in the book of John, but Jesus is the one talking. He says, if you abide in me, what does the word abide mean? 
It means to live continuously without break, without interruption. He said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So the condition is, is that we have to abide in him. Now, I'm going to tell you something about that. If we abide, if believers uh, were to, uh, to abide in Christ Jesus, do you know that we would not have uh, many of the problems that we have today? Because when we abide in the word, his word will abide in us. And what will come out of us will be what's in us which will be the word of God. So that leads me to the conclusion that about 90% of the body of Christ, and as a matter of fact, it's not even just a conclusion. I've actually witnessed this. About 90% of the body of Christ is not spending time in the word. There's a famine. There's a famine in the body of Christ. Uh, and, and, and it's not because there's an absence of the word, because we have the word here, 66 books, but people are being distracted and uh, uh, entertained and, and all these other things, uh, pulling them away from the, what really matters most, and that is getting the word inside of us. Because let me tell you something. When Jesus was tempted in the wilderness of the devil, he did not even raise his voice. He simply said, it is written, and he quoted the scripture. He possessed what was in him. He, he, he was the word, but he possessed the word. Glory be to God. He, the word was in him. Glory be to God. See, there will be some situations and circumstances that may come into your life that you won't have time to go and search the scriptures for a word to uh, fight against the enemy. You got to have the word of God dwelling in you richly. It is the word of power. It is what it is the greatest weapon that we have against the enemy against the onslaught of the enemy. Now, there are other weapons. We have prayer. We have fasting. We have worship. We have the name of Jesus. We have the blood. But the word, the word is the greatest weapon. I call them weapons of mass destruction, WMDs. But the word is the greatest weapon that we have. As a matter of fact, in the book of Ephesians, it is called the sword of the spirit. We have to have on the whole armor of God, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, having the shield of faith to quench all the fiery darts of the enemy. So the shield of faith is of what protects our heart to keep the enemy out of our heart. 
Then we have our loins girt about with tooth. All of this, all of this, uh, 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 this is an arsenal that we have been given. All right, having our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. There it is again, the word, the word, the word, the word. And the sword of the spirit, the sword of the spirit is how we cut off the head of the snake. See, it's time for believers to grow up and to get some maturity under their belt. Instead of always looking for somebody else to cast the devil out, it's time for us as individuals to be able to cast the devil out of our household, out of our families, out of our jobs, out of our loved ones, out of our finances. But we have got to possess the word. Glory be to God. And I'm beginning to see that um, the word of God, there's, there's so much spiritual weakness in the body of Christ because there's a lack of the word of God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Now, everything that God did was done by the power of the word. In John chapter 6, and I'm going to go there, he called it the bread of life. He referred to himself as the bread of life. So so let's look at that. John chapter 6, and let's start at uh, verse 48. Thank you, Jesus. I actually can start, I'm going to start at verse 31. Verse 31, where he says, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. We know that God supplied a table in the wilderness. He rained down manna for the children of Israel to eat. And so John is given a historical account of that. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Now Jesus is referring to himself as the bread of heaven. Well, I'm sure you're wondering why, and that is because bread is nourishment. If we eat this bread, see, they ate the bread that came down that, 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 that God sent to them. Uh, it was called manna. If we eat, they ate that bread and they died. Uh, they are not here anymore. Now, if we eat the bread that came down from heaven, we're eating Christ Jesus. We're eating, digesting him and his word. He he is his word, so we're digesting him. In other words, we have a full plate, a full plate of the word of God. And he said, whoever eats the old bread, which was the manna, that was rained down in the Old Testament, he said uh, that individual is going to perish. But he said if you eat the bread that came down from heaven, which is Christ Jesus, 
He said, that individual, listen at this, I am the bread of life. Cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I have said unto you that ye have also seen me and believe not. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast down. All right. So if we eat the bread of life, Jesus is the bread of life. He said we would never hunger and that we would never thirst. But what I'm noticing is the exact opposite is happening because the spirit of entertainment has crept into the church. And so now it's a show. People are no longer hungry for the word of God. People are no longer, they no longer have an appetite for the word of God, which is the word of power. So they want to hear the singing. They want to see the shouting. They want to see who's going to run around and cut cartwheels. They want to see the show, but they have no appetite for the main course. In other words, all you want is the dessert. Let me tell you something. In 2009, I was living in Raleigh, North Carolina, and God showed me something so powerful in a dream. In this dream, um, two children knocked on my door asking for something to eat, and I gave them what I had. I let them in. I didn't know them, but I, I was going to feed them. So I gave them what I had. I put two plates on the table, set the children down, and I had pinto beans, and that's what I served them. I said the blessing with those two children, it was a girl and a boy. I said the blessing with them, and um, then I, I let them eat. I went into another room for about two or three minutes. I came back. The plates were clean. And I knew those children could not have eaten that food that quickly. So I looked at the plates and I said, um, what happened to the food? I know you all didn't eat this food that fast. And they said, no. They had scraped it under the table. And I said, why did you do that? You said you were hungry. I gave you what I had. And the little girl spoke up. She said, we didn't want that. And I said, well, that was all I had. What did you want? She said, we wanted pancakes and syrup. And I woke up from the dream. And I asked the Lord, what, did, what was the revelation on that dream? He said, the people no longer want sound doctrine. They didn't want the pinto beans something that would stick with them. They want something sweet. They want these itching ear messages. They want it's your breakthrough. They want money cometh. They want I see a tall, dark man coming into your life. They want to hear uh, you're about to become a millionaire. They no longer want to hear the messages about holiness and righteousness. Now, that was in 2009 that God showed me that, and I have seen this come to pass. I have witnessed it. The church no longer has an appetite for sound doctrine. 
what they want is something to entertain them and lull them to sleep. And that's where the church is right now. The church is sleeping. The Bible says an enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat while the church was sleeping. So there's a famine in the body of Christ for the word of God. They don't have an appetite. People don't have an appetite for the word of God, which is why the church is spiritually weak. As in most cases, the church is on life support. Starvation, spiritual starvation. They won't eat. You see, the word, eating the bread of life, will prevent spiritual starvation. And it's a condition that exists in 90% of believers today. If you go on the street corner right now and stop believers, I'm not talking about sinners. I'm talking about believers. Stop believers and ask them to tell you at least five, three to five different scriptures. They can't do it. They go to church. They hear the word. But guess what? They do not study to show themselves approved unto God, a workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. They don't spend no time in the word. You know what people are doing? They're too busy watching the game. Oh, the game is on. I got to watch the game. That's on Monday. Okay, so they're going to stay glued to the TV on Monday. Uh, on Tuesday, it's bingo night. On Wednesday, uh, they, they, they got something else to do. They got to go down uh, 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 and take care of something else. On Thursday, it's movie night. So my movie, uh, my favorite movie is coming on tonight. On Friday, I ain't going to be no word. Ain't, ain't gonna be no word because we we finna we finna get our groove on. On Saturday night, uh, we still getting our groove on. And then on Sunday morning, they want to jump up and run to the house of God and pretend like they have studied the word. Ain't even cracked their Bibles. Haven't even cracked. Haven't even opened it. Haven't even dusted it off. Have no word in them. So when the enemy pounces on them and is attacking their marriages, attacking their finances, attacking their ministries, attacking their children, they have nothing. And this is why so many people go on Facebook and, and tell everybody, oh, please pray for me. My son is going through this. My daughter is going through this. Why aren't you praying? Why aren't you casting that devil out? because you don't have no word in you. You know, I met a man some years ago. I can't even remember what year it was when I met him. I went to his house. Somebody introduced me to him. I went to his house, and and the man was a deliverance minister. And uh, I was only passing through. It was for like one night I was passing through, and the man had a deliverance service at his home. And... I, I was able to, to, I didn't participate, but I was able to watch. Let me tell you something. That man was full of the word, full of the word. 
and he was telling, he had an assistant, and he was telling her, get this scripture, get that scripture. And the man of God was so full of the word. That is why he had power over those demons, because it is the word of power. He cast out those demons in that man. I watched the man that was being delivered. I saw the demons. I saw them. But I saw the man of God and his deliverance team casting them out one by one, one by one, with nothing but the word of God. He wasn't screaming. He wasn't yelling. He was putting the word on that devil. And the enemy had to go. I witnessed this. But we like the shouting and the dancing and the music. And we don't even want to sit still for the word. I notice how people get up and start walking when the word is going forth. That's the time they want to go to the bathroom because they can't stand that word. You see, the enemy knows that the word is powerful. So the enemy is going to even distract you. When you start uh, sitting down, getting in the Word, all kind of stuff going to start jumping off. The phone will start ringing. That's why I'm so glad that it, that it has a, a, a mute button. Put it on vibrate. Matter of fact, just turn it off. We allow these things to be distractions to us. People start calling you. Next thing you know, something done happened in another room. All kind of stuff. Now, before you start getting in this word, none of that stuff was happening. Everybody's got an emergency when you get in the word. Somebody come in the room where you're trying to study, and you done already told them, hey, I'm trying to get in the word. Here they come. See, the enemy will fight the word. He does not care about how good you can hoop. He does not care about how long you've been in the church. He does not care about the collar, the clerical collar around your neck. He does not care about any of this other stuff. What he cares about is how much word you got in you because it is the word of power. And we have to carve out time. I believe early in the morning is the best time to get in the Word. You can get lost in the Word. And what I mean by that is you lose track of time if you really get in the Word and start running references and the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you and you begin to just devour the Word. You begin to consume it. And the next thing you know, it will consume you. You have an appetite for the word of God. Jesus said, if ye abide in me, not visit me, but if you abide in me and my word abide in you. Some people hit and miss. Well, I got to study for Sunday school tomorrow. What is that? You didn't study all week long, but now you want to try to study on Saturday night. Jesus said, if my word abide in you, I'm going to show you how important the word is. Turn with me to Deuteronomy. We're coming back over here to John, but I want you to turn with me to Deuteronomy chapter 6. 
Deuteronomy chapter 6. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And this is what it says. Glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verses 6 through 8. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He said, in these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up. So he's already saying, when you sitting in your house, when you walking by the way, he said, when you lie down, and when you get up, you need to be in the word. Glory be to God in the highest. He said, talking, teach them to your children and talk of the word. Talk about the word. Quit gossiping about people, uh, seeing what the celebrities are doing. Quit all of that. Our greatest focus as a believer needs to be the word of God. He said, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thy eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gate. This is how important the word of God is. That says every moment, moment that you have, you need to be focusing on the word of God. When you sit and still, when you're sitting in your house, when you're walking by the way, when you lie down and when you rise up, it needs to be the word, the word, the word, the word. You can't get enough of this word. You can never exhaust this word. There is so much revelation. It's like a, 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 a diamond. A diamond is multifaceted. You can look at a diamond from so many different angles, and you'll see so many different uh, 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 lights on coming from that. So we have to, we have to uh, 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 continuously abide in the word because God will continue to illuminate us, continue to reveal things to us from his word, things that you think you know, you find out you don't know, and then God shows you some more, uh, and you know more now. So that's why it's so important to spend time in the word. The word of God is essential to a believer. You cannot live without this word. But I'm finding out something. Christians are doing it. Christians are doing it. They are neglecting the word, and they are so weak, weak Christians. And I'm going to tell you something. The devil loves weak Christians. He said, I can, I can get them. I can get them. It's those Christians that are spending time in the word. He said, because this word will be in you, a well of water, bring it up into everlasting life. 
So you won't have to whine and try to find you a scripture, looking in your uh, concordance, trying to find you a scripture. It'll be in you. And when that devil strikes, you can say what Jesus said. It is written. Now, Jesus didn't just say it is written, and that was the end of the story. He said it is written, but then he followed it with the scripture. That was written. You see, I'm going to tell you something. Jewish children, the Jews teach their children to memorize the Torah at a very young age, especially the boys. They're taught to memorize large portions of the Torah. Now, they don't do it for the right reasons. I I will admit that. But nevertheless, they have committed scripture to memory, children. That's the greatest investment you can make. Right now, if you ask children a scripture, most church children will give you Jesus' wealth. They can't go beyond that. They don't know John 3.16. They don't know Psalm 23. They don't know Psalm 91. They don't know any of the verses. All they know is Jesus' wept. You got a lot of grown-ups don't know that. They, they don't know any scriptures. They say, oh, I, I can't think of nothing right now. This word ought to be in you richly. If you abide in him and he abides in you, you can ask what you will, and it shall be given unto you. Now, going back over here to John, the word of God, as I said earlier, is our greatest weapon. John 6 says it is the bread of life. Glory be to God. Now. I have some bread. Almost every household uh, has bread in it, some form of bread. Bread is what we call a household staple. And people, a lot of people like to eat bread. Some don't. But in, in other words, if you got some bread, you can live. You can live. You can make it. But the Bible says, thou Man shall not live by bread alone. Now, he's talking about natural bread, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. This is how you're going to live and not die and declare the works of the Lord by the bread of life. So you might have some natural bread, but you're going to need the spiritual bread, which is the bread of life. Let's move on. I want to go to verse 48. Jesus said, I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness, and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. Then he goes on to say, I am the living bread. So in case uh, uh, the disciples didn't get it, he broke it down to them, which came down from heaven. See, there's a difference between, there's a difference 
between the bread that came down, the manna that came down from heaven and this bread. Jesus said, I am the living bread. That bread was only temporary. Good God Almighty. I feel the Holy Ghost. It would get the hunger off of them. They could cook it and make it into something, make cakes out of it. But every day they had to eat some more of that bread. But Jesus said, I am the living bread. And he said, whoever eats this bread shall never hunger again or shall never thirst. Why? Because this bread is different from that bread which was in the wilderness. This is the living bread. He said, if any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give him is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He was prophesying of his own crucifixion. Hallelujah. And it caused the Jews to strive within themselves, saying, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, verily, verily, I say unto you, except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. This is where Holy Communion comes from. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. Jesus made everything plain and clear. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. This bread is the word of power. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah. You see, whenever there is an absence, listen at this, y'all. Whenever there is an absence of the word, there will be an absence of the power because the word of God is the word of power. I'm going to say that again. Whenever there is an absence of the word, there will be an absence of power because the word of God is the word of power. It's the only thing you can defeat Satan with. That's why it is essential for every believer to spend quality time in the word of God. God's word 
must be written and hidden in our hearts so that we may obey him in all things. Let's look at Psalm, Psalm 119. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Psalm 119. Thank you, Lord. Oh, glory. Psalm 119. And this is what it says. We're going to look at verse 11 through 16. Hallelujah. And this is what it says. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Teach me thy statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of thy mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of thy testimonies as much as in riches, in all riches. I will meditate in thy precepts and have respect unto thy ways. I will delight myself in thy statutes. I will not forget thy words. See, we have we have the benefit of having this word. Glory be to God. The children of Israel, they had the statutes of God. They had the judgments. They had the testimonies. And uh, they had God's ways. They, 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 they were learning God's ways, but they didn't have the word. They did not have the word. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And now we have 66 books, the Old and the New Testament. And if we spend time in this word, we will not sin against God. Hallelujah. This word, this word, will keep you from sin. Now, let's flip that around, and sin will keep you from this word. Hallelujah! This is why people don't want to spend time in the word. This word will keep you from sin, and sin will keep you from this word. So it just depends on what side of the fence you're on. This is the word of power. Let's go to Psalm 119 and 105. I love what uh, what uh, the scripture says. I will not forget thy word. Glory be to God. Can you can you make that promise to God that you will not forget His word? Psalm 119 and 105. It says, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I have sworn and I will perform it, that I will keep thy righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Quicken me, O Lord, according to thy word. Except I beseech ye the freewill offerings of my mouth, O Lord, and teach me thy judgments. My soul is continually 
in my hand. I do not forget thy law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I erred not from thy precepts. Thy testimonies have I taken as a heritage forever, for they are the rejoicing of my heart. I have inclined my heart to perform thy statutes always, even until the end. The only way you can make a declaration like this is that you have the word of God abiding in you to keep you. He said, the word, thy word, O God, is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Now, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel did not move unless the cloud moved. They had a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. And they only moved when it moved. Glory be to God. Hey, Korarabashata. But we have the word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light. Why? There's wisdom. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. But the whole Bible is full of wisdom. Show you how to live. Show you how to love life. It show you what to do uh, when there's strife. It shows us how to pay our bills. It shows us this book. is the word of power. This is not an ordinary book. It's the word of power. This is the bread of life. If we eat this on a daily basis, we will live. You know, some people boast about eating three meals a day. And you can look at them, uh, look at their size and tell. You know, they really, they haven't missed a meal. But yet, spiritually, they're famished. They keep missing the spiritual meal. And if they were to reverse that and not miss a spiritual meal, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and skip a few of the natural meals, they would find themselves in good health. They lose weight. Yeah, some people can't afford to skip some meals, but you cannot afford to skip or to skimp on the Word of God. You can't afford to. This word gives us understanding, revelation, peace, wisdom. Everything we need is in this word. Listen at this. It says, how sweet are thy words unto my taste. Yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. My God. This is what the psalmist says. It says, oh, how I love thy law. 
Glory be to God. And yet we have people just the opposite. Oh, I don't want to hear all that. I don't want to hear all that. This is the word of life. This is the word of power. This is what will sustain you. When everything else is gone, because everything else is temporary, this is eternal. This word is eternal. That heaven and earth may pass away, but my word will remain forever. It's eternal. It will not change. He said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. This word will not change. If you come back a thousand years from now, this word will be the same. Why? Because it is the word and it is the word of power. It is God's word. The word made flesh and dwelt among us. God's word has so much power in it. It will not return to him empty. Let's look at that. Isaiah chapter 55. Let's look at that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isaiah chapter 55. Oh, glory. Thank you, Jesus. What a word. The word of power. This is what it says. Hallelujah. He said, For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. And my thoughts than your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return Unto me, voice. See, if you give God his word back, so many times we're so busy asking for this and asking for that, instead of doing all that and crying and whooping and hollering, give God back his word. Lord, you promised that I should live and not die and declare the works of the Lord. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. He said, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Hallelujah. Giving God his word back. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 30. And verse 17, hallelujah, this is what it says. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Hey, glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He said, for I will restore health unto thee, and I will heal thee of thy wounds, saith the Lord, because they call thee an outcast. That's a promise right there. 
God says, I will restore health to thee and heal thee of thy wounds. Glory be to God in the highest. But see, you got to have the word of God in you in order <laughs> to give that back to God. Glory be to God in the highest. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. The word of the Lord says in Luke 10 and 19, Behold, I give unto you power. You see, tonight we're talking about the word of power. He said, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. Those are two things that I hate, serpents and scorpions. They cause pain. And if you're not careful, they can cause death. And over all the power of the enemy. So he said, I give unto you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions. And over all the power of the enemy, he's talking about exousia, which is the authority. And now he's talking about dunamis which is the power, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. God has given every believer both power and authority through his word to overcome, to defeat the enemy. But it goes back to John chapter 15, He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, then you can ask what you will, and it shall be given unto you. Glory be to God in the highest. So my question to you tonight, those that are listening, is the word abiding in you and are you abiding in the word? Yeah, are we abiding in God's word? I'm not talking about visitation. So many people just visit. They stop in for a little visit. Oh, I just stop by for a little visit. No, God wants you to abide with him. So instead of visitation, he's talking about habitation. Come and make your abode with him. Spend time with him. Yeah, I know you got a family. I know you got a church to run. You got a ministry. You got this, that, and the other. You got to work. You got financial responsibilities. And that is why it behooves us. You won't even know how to handle none of those things that I just mentioned. Family problems, financial problems. Things creep up in ministry. You won't know how to handle any of that except you abide in the word of God. It is the word of power. God will show you what to do when situations arise. He will will show you. He will reveal things to us. That's what that honey was that I just read. That stands for revelation. But if you're not spending any time in the word, you're not getting that revelation. 
God reveals secrets. Daniel said he revealeth the secret things. Glory be to God. So why are so many Christians living beneath their privileges and living in defeat instead of victory? I'm going to go back to this scripture. Study to show thyself approved unto God, rightly dividing the word of truth. The word of truth is the word of power. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to close with this scripture. It says, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him a name that is above every name. Glory be to God. God has exalted his son Jesus and given him a name that is above every name. Hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You see the authority there? And if we abide in God's word and he abides in us, he said you can ask what you will and it shall be done unto us. So then we will have that same authority. Glory be to God. Let's look at Psalm 138 and verse 2. I'm going to read verse 1 and 2 and close with verse 2. Verse 1 says, I will praise thee with my whole heart. Before the gods will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. Glory, hallelujah. God has magnified his word above his name. My God, do you see the word of power? There is power in the word of God. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. It is the word of power, and there is power in the word. Hallelujah. And those who neglect the word are neglecting everything that God has for them. You're neglecting it. In other words, he's got all of this for you, but you are neglecting it. Because you are neglecting the word of power. The word of God is the believer's most powerful weapon because it is the exousia. God gives us the authority and the dynamic, which is the Greek word for dynamite. That's where that word comes from. It is the word of power. Glory be to God in the highest. I pray that somebody got this message tonight. Hallelujah. I pray that somebody got blessed tonight. 
and that you receive the revelation. God is talking to somebody. You know who you are. You've been meaning to get in the word, but you just haven't had the time. I'm telling you, make time. Make him your priority. Glory be to God. If if that means you got to get up an hour earlier so that you can have that one hour to be alone with the Father in his word, make the sacrifice. You won't regret it. And God will strengthen you throughout the day so that you won't even feel that that loss of an hour's sleep. And then you'll get a double blessing because the word will strengthen you for whatever you have to face on that day. When problems arise, the word will rise up in you. It'll be a well of water springing up into everlasting life. You will be fit. Glory be to God. Spiritually fit instead of being spiritually weak. Glory, hallelujah. When situations arise, you won't be caught off guard. You may not have known the situation was going to occur, but you'll be ready for that devil. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So I would encourage you tonight, whoever you are, to just repent. Just repent for neglecting the word of God. And ask God to help you hour earlier so that you can spend time in his word. Tell God, I don't want to neglect the word of power, because that's what it is. It's the word of power. Hallelujah! Glory be to God. I want this power in my life. So, Lord, help me. Help me to get up. Steal away. Give me a secret place where I can go and be alone with you and spend time in your word. Meditate in your words. As the scriptures say, when you walk, when you're sitting down, hallelujah, when you lie down and when you rise up, time in the word of power. May God bless you tonight. I thank God for you tuning in. This is Evangelist Janet Taylor coming to you live from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry. I pray victory over you tonight. I pray that you would walk in victory in this word, in the word of power. This is a new year. This is a new season. God is doing a new thing. And it's a new beginning. It's a great place to hit the reset button and start over. What you missed last year, you can't go back and do nothing about that. Only thing you can do is from this day forward, from this moment forward, make up your mind. 
that you're going to spend time in the word of power. Again, this is Evangelist Janet Taylor signing out from Walls of Fire Deliverance Ministry International. Our web address is www.wallsoffiredeliverancemin.com. Our mailing address is P.O. Box 1148, Walkertown, North Carolina, 27051. You can snail mail us or you can email us at jet245 at msn. Also, our phone number is 336-575-0206. You can PayPal us or Zelle. We do accept Zelle. If you feel led to sow a seed to this ministry, we thank God for you. We look forward to seeing you on next Thursday at 8 p.m., should the Lord carry God's will. And I pray that you tune in again. I pray that you've been blessed. If you've been blessed, let us hear from you. Just let us hear from you. Email us. Email us and let us know that this message has blessed you tonight. The word of power. May God bless you. And this is Evangelist Janet Taylor, your host, signing out. Have a wonderful night. God bless.